1: Now here's your host, Mike Carlin.
0: Well, hello and welcome to Uncorking a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Rose Petruno. When still a teen, Rose decided to become a writer, and at the age of 20, she defied the path laid out by her patriarchal family and left her home in Puglia, Italy, leaving her family behind to follow her own passion, that of art and literature, to discover... Paris, the City of Lights. She joins me today to talk about her first book in the thrilling new adult fantasy series, The Hidden Air. Welcome to Uncorking a Story, Rose. Thank you. I'm very Hello. excited to have you here, Rose. Me and... to
2: be your guest.
0: <laughs> well, it is a lovely way to begin my day. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody as we begin, which is, where does your story as an author begin?
2: It begins a long, long way. So um I think the first book, the first story I've ever written, I think I was something like seven or eight years old. So it was a very, very simple fairy tale. Um there are other stories that I started to 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 write when I was still in in primary school. Um my very first full manuscript. I wrote it between the age of uh, 12 to 13. Um, And and after uh, a few years later, I I discovered the world of fan fiction, which allowed me to first of all, to approach uh, writing from a different language than my own. Because I discovered I'm Italian and uh, I discovered fan fiction in English, so I started as an uh, English second language writer as in um, in this milieu, and um, and after uh, my my future husband asked me, you write, told me, you write very well. Why don't you turn your fan fiction into, a, a, into an original story? And when the first time he told me, he told me that I found it a bit ridiculous because I didn't think I was good enough. Even if I had uh, a small follower following and very nice review from, from other fans uh and after after a young a long hiatus between uh, 2007 up to 2012 so after the birth of my of my youngest son I told me myself why not so I started to take the the fan fiction in in question and I've changed I tweaked it to make it to Halloween to stand on his own feet. So um then this story is now the second book of the Eden Air.
0: Okay. What were you when you discovered fan fiction? What yeah. were you what were you a fan of? What were you writing fiction for?
2: Okay, so I started writing fan fiction about the, the about Magic Knight Rayard, which is uh which is a manga by by Clamp with a very very known well-known gr- group of four women. Um, it's a story that I very love because especially the first arc, it has a final twist plot twist that no one will expect it really it's the plot twist in my opinion um and after that uh, uh a friend of mine lent me the the first harry potter book uh it got me hooked, and i i still write about uh about the, this character um yeah.
0: So. <laughs> when I want to go back to you know, you said you you wrote your first full length manuscript. You, you may have been twelve years old, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. What yeah. what what was that about? Do you remember what, what that was named? And and do you still have it?
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, the title. I'm sorry. It's it, it will be in, in Italian. It, it was Latinich non volo quel giorno.
0: Wow. So. That that just sounds. You just made me hungry with whatever you just said. <laughs> I am like now need to have lunch. But
2: it's, it's actually a very silly title. <laughs> the Phoenix didn't flow that day. <laughs> uh, so it's it, it was a very um, a naive story from a certain point of view because it was about this princess and her heavy sisters, and one of them had to be would have been. To become the, queen, the, the the next queen, um, both of them f- fell in love and there was some etc. but, but at, that time, at that young age, I, um, I could see that I, what I will look at in my story were more than the, what you could see in the surface because if, if the plot was sim- simplistic at the same time, the in the second part of the book, the, the reader realizes that the heavier sister was actually manipulated by the, by the enemy of the kingdoms to destroy her family, conquered her kingdom, etc. And there was some betrayal also from the people she she think, she thought she loved and that loved her and had her best interest in her. And this is something that, that slowly is still in there in my stories, the, the multi-layer lecture of a plot, something that is simple at the first glance, but you need to scratch under the surface to see that there is more actually. And it's not that simple.
0: It it seems like a very um, smart plot for somebody who's twelve years old.
2: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm thinking about taking the story, reworking it with the the exp- with thirty and plus more years of experience. Um, probably it will have an. A better title
0: that uh, that one that the first one <laughs> um, I know a big part of your own personal story is when you decided to leave, you know, leave your home um, and a very patriarchal family behind. Can you just tell us a little bit about what your family life was like and what the expectations they had for you before you left home?
2: <clears throat> um. Well, it was as, as I say, it, it it was very patriarchal, but it was very lucky okay because on the surface it didn't, it didn't look like that, and it took me a very long time to to realize what that I was in that situation because I it was as if I had made the, the some blinders in front of my eyes, um. So it was. It, in my family it was me and I have an older brother. Um, when when I was when we were both at home, um, it was me who had to do all the course or, or course of chores. You yours, know, house yeah. cleaning, cooking, yeah. etc. Um, and I remember my brother had one tax task to do at home every day, which is throwing out the garbage, you know, it it was very simple he had to take the garbage bag, go down to the turn around the corner and drop it at the the, in the garbage can uh, garbage can and it was the he was done. And he never did it. And in the end, it was me who have to do his chores. and then uh, the, 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 the other thing is that uh, uh, my my family, especially my mother's uh, my mother's family, they are all in the uh, in crops, so uh, especially vegetables. Uh, so it was sort of expected that I would follow my mother's uh, footsteps. So. Uh, go with her working, but picking grapes, cherries, uh, potatoes, uh, zucchini, you think, uh, or everything. But actually, uh, I wanted to be a comic artist. I wanted to draw comics because it allowed me to join my two passions, which were storytelling and, and drawing. Um so when when I during my last year of high school because I managed to get to go to high school unlike my most of my cousins um I looked for a school that would allow me to realize this dream and um and I found one which which was in Yeci which it was a town, a city I'd never heard of, but I told myself, yes, it looked like a city that my uh, parents would hallow. It wouldn't be as specific as Milan or Rome where there are other uh, two schools. Uh, so when I talked about my this project of mine, my mother looked at me and said, "Okay, but you you have to pay for it, and you have to find yourself a job, and save your money to go there." It's not a problem. It's anyways, it's what what I had planned, because the classes they were two days per week. I don't can't remember how many hours per day. But but then I will have the rest of the week to get a part-time job somewhere to to pay for myself. And then my father said, you know, I don't trust you being alone in a town, in in a city where you know no one. I think you should go to Rome where we have family. And Rome is quite expensive. And after that, we started to look at uh, at the accommodation and everything and then my parents told me you know it's quite expensive we have just bought a new apartment or new new house uh we can't afford it so i'm sorry but you have to give up for my brother, he is he, uh, an army officer. So he as well, he have to to travel a lot to go outside in the, he, he started, first went to the military academy in Modena, which is in North Italy. Uh, and then he continued studying study in, uh, in Turin. And there was, he have no problem my my father he, we accompanied him went to to ah mm, oh, i don't have the word in my mouth
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> to, to, to visit to visit the places the towns where he have to to do his test to be admitted into these various academy he went with him he left after a, at a certain t- point they left him go by himself, well, because, because he was a boy. So, but for me, they not haven't told me, okay, you want to see, go to Yezi, we can live uh, for a weekend, go there and see what the town is like. If, if it, it's a safe place for you to be there alone, on your own, or not. I got not having on that. And, and after that, I tried to compromise as usual. Uh, I found um, a computer design course uh, uh, in, uh, in Bari, which, which was the, the, the main city uh, near my hometown, about one hour by train uh, to, every day to commute there, one way to go, one way to come back. So it was acceptable for my parents because I had classes only on the afternoon. So in the morning, I could take care of the house, prepare the lunch and everything. And then on my return, I wouldn't be too tired to help out in the house and uh, doing the chores, etc. cetera. Uh, but after that, I started to look for a job in this field and I couldn't find anything. Uh, and my parents, especially my mother, they made me feel like a failure because I couldn't find a job in the, in the field I've started with and it got to a point where I knew I had to leave if I wanted to keep my sanity. I tried to leave the first time in 2005. I, went, I tried to go, as to, to go as an au pair in uh, England, but it didn't work. I did it that twice. Uh, after I returned, it was very, very hard. My parents were very, very hard. They really made me feel like I was a failure. I will never succeed in my life. I will never be able to accomplish anything in my life and uh, got to a point where I got physically sick with very very strong at age um, the the neurologists couldn't find any, any physiological reason for that and uh, to help me through they got me it was antidepressant, I think mm-hmm. or unssol I can't remember which one which was it was one of the two. And I knew I was really spiraling down and down. That was I was approaching the bottom of my life. And then uh, suddenly one day, I received an email from the man who is now my husband. Um, we started to 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 chat and. I was expecting nothing more than a, than a friendship from that. Um, and then a few months later, he came to visit me in my town. Uh, you can say it was almost love at first time.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, um, after he left, uh, he told me, I come to visit you in your town. Why don't now? It's your turn to come and visit me in Paris. So he sent me a train ticket, a one-way train ticket. Because uh, it was, I was supposed to stay one or two weeks. I didn't know. I then come back on my own, and I never come back. I didn't come back home.
0: <laughs> You've been there ever since.
2: <laughs> no, 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 I. I, I still go back home in Italy, but it's just for the holidays. Mm. Um, and it really helped me flourish because even if I didn't plan to stay long for a lot, for a lot of time, it, it really put an effort to, to understand me, to give me the opportunity to explore my passion, to... To learn to learn more about the first winter I spent uh, in, in Paris, I had the drawing class, painting class, uh, I did watercolor, uh, sculpture. Um, and then the next year, because when I arrived in France, I, I barely know how to say hello, thank you in French. And um, the next winter, uh, where I was, I could speak a bit more French. I decided to get into theater class, back into acting because that was also one of of my passion. And the fact of forcing myself to learn by heart a text in the language and try to pronounce the words as best as possible it helped a lot. Uh, it helped me a lot. It um, all these activities helped me to surround myself with like-minded people, which was something that I didn't have at home.
0: Did um did you find as you were spending more time, as you started spending time in in Paris, that your headaches went away? Pardon? Did you find that you started to feel better that your headaches went yes. away?
2: Yes, yes, because um, because I not only I have this more stimulating environment around me, but I also had a different life, uh, uh, style, lifestyle here because my husband, he had the habit to go every he had the habit to go every night, every evening uh, to the gym. So I had to go with him. Uh, It it was funny because we only have to to cross the road to get to the gym. (laughs) Uh, And so the the fact that I, from one side, I was uh, intellectually stimulated. uh, From the other side, I had a more active, physically active uh, lifestyle with a different uh, with, with a different um, diet because I didn't eat this in the same way as I did in Italy, and all these things slowly but surely allowed me to to feel better. And uh, I remember I had brought my, medicine, my 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 medicine with me from Italy, uh, from my age. Uh, I think I talked him once or twice during the first, the first one or two months, and that then it was over. And the day they, they, they they perished, they weren't good anymore. And I had to throw away it was so liberating because it was like closing a chapter, a definitive close of. A chapter of my life mm-hmm. and from that that moment, there there were only good things for me ahead
0: how did um the relationship you had with your mother and father change after you left home
2: um, it didn't change right away. It took some. Time because uh, at the very beginning i called them uh, more than once a time uh, more than once per day every day uh, every time it was one hour uh, one hour long calls and um, and i didn't see the issue back then at the begin- at the very beginning i started to see the issue after i myself become a mother and um, because my oldest son has some some issue and um, my my mother always told me "Oh, don't worry it's just late it will just it will learn to learn, to to speak properly once it starts school don't worry it's it's normal don't worry everything is fine but it nothing was fine so the when we have the, we, we were told that there was a suspicion of autism in my oldest son. It was a high opening experience for me toward my relationship with my parents. Um, and one thing that my mother used to say whenever I when I started to confront her about the fact that she didn't never put an effort to understand me and uh, encouraged me in my in what i wanted to do she always said Come lafay lafay, which means whatever parents do they do it wrong but now i know that this was a way to justify herself to feel better and not for, about the fact that she that they didn't bother about putting an effort to understand me, uh, understand what the problem was, what which were my problems, my issue, and my why they they, they never put an effort to understand. And yeah. so, have uh, even now I. It's still painful because they are my, they are my parents. They, I still love them. and especially after my mother was um, was diagnostic with cancer, with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And when the doctor, one of our doctors called me and made me understand that my mother didn't have much time left. Until the very last day, I, the last time I saw, her, I saw her, I really hoped that she would say, I'm sorry, Rose, I, that I didn't understand you. I should have done, done a better job. I not, I, she didn't understand that. Yeah. It was me who told they we didn't understand each other mm-hmm. as, a last, as a way to let her pass in peace uh for me, not to have regret of of letting her go with with anger and. Um, and anger and sadness, oh, yeah. I don't know if sadness is not the right word. I'm not sure. No, I,
0: I understand. I mean, it, it's a beautiful thing that you did by by offering that to her. You know, one of the things I was wondering was, you know, she grew up in the same type of society that you did, you know, very patriarchal. Yes. And I'm wondering if if there may have been a little jealousy towards you because you were able to sort of get away and follow a dream versus, you know, maybe her not being able to do that.
2: Uh, It's it's something that I it's one option. It's uh, one of the things because in her family, they were eight children, three daughter and five uh, five son. And uh, my our eldest sister, when she was young, she wanted to be a nurse. And she, she talked with her father about allowing her to go to, to nursing school. Um, my grandfather told her, no, because you are eight children if I give you if I give you the opportunity to go to school, your brothers and sisters as well must go to school and I don't have the money to send you all eight of you to school and yeah. have further study. Regardless if any of our brothers or sisters wanted to have to further their education or wanted to have a, a different job. Than working in the fields, so one thing is that indeed I think she was jealous that I wanted to to do something different that I my dreams were higher, higher than hers, and at the same time I think she also had a tendency to project herself onto me, so. For her dream was to, to have a family uh, a nice house, and she had, had it. So she couldn't see why I could want something different from that, from a uh, nice little house with nice uh, little uh, windows and flowers and uh, furniture and two little children uh, that will. They're just like me and her before me would do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, insightful. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing your your backstory. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about uh, your book, which is The Hidden Air. Um, yeah. What can you share about The Hidden Air with us?
2: Oh, so <laughs> <Full> question. <laughs>
0: Yeah, these are the hard questions now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as, as, I said, as I said, it's it's uh, Inga's journal sort of mirrors mine, my personal journal in this quest of uh, of finding her, pa- her own path for from her family, different from the one that she, her mother planned from her. And um, and as I say, and um, it's a fa- contemporary fantasy. So the, the things that I think is the most original one of the most original things is that is exactly old world as we know it with the same events and the same history, with just a little big tweak to make place for magic. And the, 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 I think the most original thing is that magic and the a magical creature like vampires and werewolves and um, demons, uh, fairies, etc. they are out in the open. Everybody knows about them and they are sort of integrated into society. There are uh, laws that, uh um, ah, regolano, Oh, that um, allows the, the this cohabitation between normal people and those with magical powers, and because of that, it doesn't mean that it's a perfect society. Because uh, Inga herself is is a victim of these of prejudices. Against magic, because let's not forget that for for a very long time that we have the, the the witch hunting since the Middle Ages. So it's some things are hard to to forget and to to put aside. So in a way, we can I can say that what. Inga the experience, the, the, this um, this issue ha- she has can be seen as a metaphor for all kind of prejudice we see nowadays in, mm-hmm. in the world.
0: Yeah. And this is, uh, you meant this to be a, a series. So this is the first yes. book in the series. Um, when, um, do you know, do, do you have an ending for the series yet? Do you know where yeah. it's going?
2: Uh, the i know where this stuff is going i i have four book planned i'm currently writing the third one i mean the, uh, the writing the first draft of the third book the the fourth book is uh is still uh, uh, an idea a general idea but we which is more quite developed. And recently I had that, uh, a small novella to, to, that should take place between book three and four. Uh, and then there is uh, a side story that um, is a sort of bridge between this series to another series that I'm planning to to
0: write. And it seems like kind of given this, given the topic, you know, anybody who is interested in, in books, you know, like the Harry Potter books, seems mm-hmm. like that would be uh, they'd be an audience for this. Is that right? Yes. Maybe, but, but, more, it, but more for adults, right?
2: Yes. Yes. Because, well, Harry Potter, it's full of the, the protagonists from the through middle school to high school. But after that, learning is not over. There is There are the college years, even if mm-hmm. there is no, in the Harry Potter uh, world, there is no University of Magic.
0: <laughs> right. Well, this is very exciting. Um, <laughs> where, uh, you know, once the book comes out, and this will air after your launch date, um, where can people go to buy uh, your forthcoming book, The Hidden Air?
2: It can be found fi- it will be found on um, on Amazon because I'm I'm self-publishing. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, library libraries and bookstore can sh- should be able to to order them uh, to order it as well, uh, but mostly Amazon both uh, ebook and uh, paperback.
0: Very good. So amazon.com, we'll be sure to put a link to the book in yeah. our show notes, um, along with any ways in which people can contact you. I assume, Rose, you've got some social media accounts that you can share with us. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. So you can find me on on Facebook. I have created an author page. Uh, you can find me on, on, on Twitter, and Instagram, um, what else? I think that's everything for now. I think I should have still have a Tumblr uh account, but I have to use it <laughs> in ages.
0: <laughs> well, then, of course, there is your website, which is uh, Rose... and
2: the website, yes. obviously.
0: <laughs> yes, we'll put all of the, the ways in which people can, can can contact you in our show notes so people don't feel like they have to write it down right now. Rose, thank you so much for stopping by Uncorking a Story and letting me uncork your story.
2: Thank you, and have a nice day.
0: You too.
1: Thanks for listening to Uncorking a Story. If you'd like more information about today's guest or to find out more about Mike, go to uncorkingastory.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us at Apple Podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcast tune in every week to hear mike carlin uncork a new story